Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm doing the show tonight with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Say hello, hello trusty uh, friends. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was hoping hello. for a little more energy than that, but I guess we'll have to do. So, um, uh, if you'd week. like... Yeah. If you folks would uh, listening uh, either at home or at work or abroad or in your car or maybe even in the depths of galactic space, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and you can get in touch with us by sending us an email to contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Or alternatively, you could go and tweet at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter or facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. If the uh, recent revelations from the whistleblower and the congressional hearings haven't driven you away. And uh, if you just want to check out uh, every episode we've got recorded uh, on our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, you can go there and do that. We even have supplemental episodes, too. So it's full of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, our trusted news source search and other good things as, as we think of them. So and I also just want to mention uh, next week will be our fall fun drive. So I hope that you will uh, uh, open your hearts and your wallets and help support our our all-volunteer, not-for-profit community radio station. Um, uh, every dollar will be, uh, you know, help keep us on the air, uh, will help us with uh, some equipment upgrades we've got so we can fix some some lingering transmitter issues that come up when uh, the weather is bad or the sun is acting up and there's, you know, sometimes generates static and, and interference on the signal. Um, so we're going to spend a few thousand dollars and fix that. And to help with that project, uh, I personally will be contributing $10 for each unique donor. All you have to do is give the station a dollar and I will give the station 10 more dollars. And on top of that, I'll be matching the dollars you give dollar for dollar. So give the station a dollar and I'll match your dollar and then give another 10 on top. So uh, I, I think that's, uh, you know. It's a pretty good deal, uh, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's a thing I'm doing uh, in memory of, well, really my whole family, my mom, my father, and my brother, you know, uh, it's the, this is the kind of uh, – civic engagement and uh, uh, community building and ex expanding uh, the the voices of people who might otherwise not get a platform uh, that they all in different ways believed in. So it's a thing I'm happy to do. So anyway, that's next week. Uh, if you can't wait and you just absolutely have to send us money now, it's www.valleyfreeradio.org slash donate. But uh, otherwise, do it next week and uh, help uh, help uh, the state the station reap some more of uh, my family money. Yay! <laughs> so. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, speaking of family money uh, uh, and 
God, I can't remember what the order we were talking about was. Uh, we were going to uh, talk about the Copacabana. Right, 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 right. COP 23 or 26 rather, right? 26, yeah. 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 So the climate uh, summit, which is currently going on in Scotland, in Glasgow, um, one Republican congressperson whose tweet I happened to see today described it as Joe Biden is on vacation in Scotland, which is, um, you know, it's an international summit with other, with most of the other leaders of, of nations in this world. So that's – I don't think even Joe Biden would consider that a vacation. Most of them um, remained awake. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, I have more sympathy for Joe Biden, a man who's 80 years old. Uh, uh, having trouble staying awake during a boring public session, you know, like that in a different time zone than I do with uh, his uh, UK counterpart, Boris Johnson, who fell asleep after lunch at least one of those days. So, you know, because I, I, Johnson's 20 years younger, man. <laughs> it's, it's his job. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I saw, I yeah. saw that and I'm like, yeah. I, I understand he's ancient, but he decided to run. The Democrats I, decided that he should win. That means he should do his job. And this is I can, incredibly important. It's the climate change conference. I, he should be awake you, for everything. You're right. I just, I sympathize because, you know, when I was in college, heck, even in high school, there were times when I'd be like, okay, so we're here and there's people talking and I'm sitting here in the room and it's really warm. And, it's warm. and <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, totally. And yeah, yeah I, I would... If it like I I totally did that too in college, uh, yeah. understandable. Um, he's the Can I say my house is really warm, and there's <laughs> two guys talking. My house is really warm, and we're on Zoom, and there's two guys talking. And oh yeah, we're incredibly boring. <laughs> Speak for yourself, my good oh sir. Oh my god, I put a, I put us on so I could fall asleep. We're like. Um, you know what? You know what? We should call Cully Dickinson and offer our services so they can save money on uh, anesthetic. Um, so uh, they could just we could just put the uh, put people going to surgery in a deep deep sleep, uh, and hey, the money that we make from there can go to the station, org slash donate. <laughs> I refuse to believe that people could fall asleep while listening to my dulcet yet fascinating tones. It has literally anyway. happened to be twice there while we've been recording the show, like in the past. Right? <laughs> when I was trying to when I was trying to produce and I hadn't slept at all the night before, like I have I have sleep issues. So I'm like I'm sorry. Well, that's a totally different issue. But you know, if this is your job, then you should do it, man. Exactly. It's my job. I should I would I should be rightly reprimanded for that. <laughs> Bad genre. No presidency didn't, for you. Oh. Didn't didn't Biden make a big deal out about doing push-ups and jogging around? Yeah. A lot. Yeah, he's he's young and vital, according to him. So this is why he's, people that he's are old and vital. Be president. Well, I mean, he's almost ninety in the way that I'm almost sixty. You know? All right, he's almost eighty. He, people in their mid eighties shouldn't be president. How about that? Well, he's eighty, but still, he's You'll eighty. Be mid, I don't care. Eighty is old. It just it is. He's so old. You know, uh, careful now. So old. I don't even know that he's so old, but just eighty. I think is the point where it's like just 
by any reasonable standard of of human life expectancy is is old age, you know, and until like there's some kind of, you know, revivifying medical treatments or whatever, you know, actual life extension fountain of youth type stuff, you know, it's like it's okay, you know, like being old isn't necessarily yeah. bad and it's it's a thing, you know, just like I'm in my 50s, I'm middle-aged by any reasonable definition of the term, but you know, it's okay. I just yeah. there are times when I noticed like I don't have the energy or flexibility or whatever that I did when I was, you know, 20. There's <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being 80. Um yeah. I, I there's at but if you're going to be president and you, there are duties and things you're expected to do, especially in the public eye. One of which is not to fall asleep during in a like a generation defining conference about trying to save the world. Well, that's if all this I'm is, saying. I, I'm with you. If this is if this is the worst problem we have with Joe Biden, I mean, you know, I think it'll be as forgotten as you know George Bush throwing up over, over the Japanese prime minister. So yeah, you know, I. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, uh, beyond our president uh, having a little uh, apparent nap time, uh, what do you guys think about what's actually been coming out of COP23? Um, so far, the 26. commitments. Sorry, 26. 26 yeah. It's D23. That's the Disney thing. And it's COP26. I don't know what the Disney thing is, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, so, so COP26. Uh, the commitments uh, involved have Are basically you all to say been it's a fantasy land. Oh my God! What were you saying, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that it doesn't seem like the the commitments for emissions reductions are anywhere close to being what we need. Uh, yeah. The 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 figures I saw suggested that uh, it would take us over two degrees centigrade, assuming these modest promises were carried out, which is uh, uh, you know, uh, a literally hasn't happened un- before. Well, it yeah, certainly happened. hasn't happened during during any kind of known human history, and is literally unfathomably bad. Like we don't know how bad it would it it would get because uh, there's the, it goes beyond our our strong basis for extrapolating from experience. Yeah, from um, what so I that's heard, bad. What I heard it was uh. This would they're trying to limit the, the, the temperature from going above like 1.5 degrees, like raising 1.5 degrees, and so this would do yep. 1.8, which is yep. catas- it's just like 1.5 degrees is the absolute limit. We cannot go higher than that, and 1.8 just would be catastrophic. Like Well, and that was negotiated 1.5, and you know all well, these 1.5 other- will be bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but I'm saying that negotiated that yeah that was the negotiated agreed to that's what we can limit things to, and yeah. they're not going to make any of the uh, deadlines that they've set in previous nope. agreements. Yeah, so. They haven't like one of the things uh, uh, that I noticed was reports like hey you know uh, various you know wealthy countries committed to be sending like a hundred billion dollars a year to less wealthy countries to help pay for climate up change upgrades and. Uh, and so forth and it hasn't happened um so so that's a problem the um uh i think the the biggest positive news uh, that's come out of it is uh, you know like a small 
step, but it is actually a positive step, is uh, the Beyond Oil and Gas Alliance, BOGA, has announced um, – yeah, B-O-G-A. I'm sorry. uh, uh, The headliners are Denmark and Costa Rica, but they've they've announced uh, an initiative to put an end uh, to uh, oil and gas extraction, to stop digging up coal, to stop drilling for oil and natural gas, and just, you know, not just – uh, uh, to when? shut down like the whole sort of extraction process, like looking for more and continuing to dig up and pump the stuff they've got uh, ASAP, you know, as rapidly as possible. Oh, they didn't set it. They didn't set a deadline like 2050 or 2030 or they said now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I Denmark, I'm not sure if Denmark has put an end to all of it, but it is a thing they started working on two years ago. And nice. they've also declared a moratorium. Now, admittedly, Denmark doesn't have all that much territory being Denmark, but Denmark does also control Greenland. And there are at least modest reserves of oil and natural gas beneath Greenland. But they didn't, and they didn't Costa Rica, Greenland? They didn't, no. <laughs> Sorry. No. Are wow. You? Did Fox News tell you they did? I mean, you've got to stop <laughs> listening to those guys. Too. Trump, Trump was talking about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I've heard um I'm I'm sorry I'm being so puckish here, but the gases are still going up. You know, yeah, the gas emissions are still going up. Um Tuvalu um which is Tuvalu. they had the domain Tuvalu they had the domain name TV. I don't know if you remember when they tried to raise money by selling their um domain. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, TV. It's a, it's gonna a be under a Micronesian yeah. island in South in the Pacific, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're going to be underwater in a little while, and they're they're basically trying to get money and also to hold on to their sea rights because once the islands are underwater, can they still have you know the international boundaries recognized for where oh, the wow. islands were? I thought that's scary. That's really horrifying. That's a good I point. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's and a good the point. last the last. Um, thing I, I heard on this today, I think it was today. They're they're trying to wrap up. You know, I think they're ending tomorrow or early next week, and, and they're fighting over how often they should update the plan. And most people are saying you got to do it every year. You have to, you know, record where you are, mm-hmm. how you're doing against your plan. And a lot of the con- countries are saying, no, no, that's too frequently. We can't update our plan every year. So it's like, uh oh. <laughs> they like, absolutely. Oh my god. Just just to be clear. All the nations of the world can indeed do that. And the, the, the biggest sort of credible obstacle for that would be for smaller nations that, you know, are still suffering in the, from the, you know, the effects of European colonization and global capitalism, lacking the, the money and resources to do that. You know, like the simple solution is to say, hey, you know, that $100 billion fund that the U.S. should be kicking into – like here, here's money. Pay for this. You know, keep it up. It, yeah. it is absolutely something we can do and we should do, and we must yeah, do. Yeah, should do, and and that should be the standard. So I'd like to summarize COP twenty six by was it Thunberg? Blah blah Thunberg. blah. <laughs> yeah, and I quote. I quote her directly. Blah blah blah. It's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, it's horrifying. Like you said, John, this is critical. I mean, this is the survival of the planet. This is not a joke. This is critical to the survival of at least humans maybe the it's the survival survive. well it's the survival of our our current 
level of civilization, the the affluence, the uh, technology and culture, and you, one can make all the staring comments one wishes about the internet or whatever, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians, you name it. But uh, you know, if you if 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 you as a listener like the comfort of you know living in a in a society with electric lighting and uh, hot and cold running water freely available in your home uh, and an internet where you can you know watch uh, uh, the Mandalorian on Disney plus and uh, video chat with your uncle in Hawaii and whatever else you know like all the things that are actually pretty great about the modern world that we have made for ourselves. Um, all of that is currently dependent upon an infrastructure based on fossil fuels. And if we are smart and industrious and, and prompt, we can restructure our economy to suit our ecology, to allow a civilization, you know, the global society that we are living in and creating and expanding as we speak to persist, to not collapse into bloodshed, chaos, barbarism, and anarchy. Because that's what's coming if we don't take steps, because resources will become scarce, uh, various crises will amplify, and you'll start having interruptions in the supply chain for things besides COVID, and there won't be you know enough clean water to drink, and, you know, like if there's enough die off of plants and animals, we could, you know, start to see problems even with just the level of oxygen in Earth's atmosphere. I mean, the 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 the, the unforeseeable consequences of problems ramifying upon themselves uh, are, well, I mean, you know, who knows? But they could be really catastrophically bad. They could be kill all humans bad. But even if they aren't. They could easily be, oh, yeah, like, you know, the places where like, you know, 60% of the world's population lives, you know, near waters and coastlines. Yeah, those are flooded now. So 60% of the world's people have to move because they can't live where they where they live right now because it's flooded. I and I don't, own how do we survive? In an, I wouldn't own stock in an insurance company right now if I were you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the, yeah their they risk should, is oh, huge. Be, like closed down. Well, and the um, risk is huge. There's, there's uh, no way they can. We've had this discussion they, before, but property insurance isn't the same as health insurance. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. I do want to <laughs> say that I've been trying to look up the uh, the like I was looking on the bogus site, um, the Beyond Oil and Gas Alliance site, and everything. I am not seeing a anything that is jumping out at me as as uh, like Timeline? definite. It, it, hmm. It's basically like we want to do this. But there's yep. I'm not seeing anything like we want to deadline. Like I'm not seeing an actual plan in their official declaration. Uh, can look into it further, but it I think it's just like they just started out now, but um, they're not really giving well, it like, a, a lot of like specific details. Well, it's, it's well, like it's I said, funny I, from what I name read, is, oh, go ahead, Sue. Go ahead, Sue. I was going to say it's funny the name is Beyond Oil and Gas. Because BP, which is British Petroleum, after the big spill, they changed their name to Beyond Petroleum BP. Yeah, they did. So Beyond Oil and Gas. I wonder if if they're if BP is involved in that. 
I that's just odd. I mean, I would be surprised, I, but it's just odd that they. I mean, I suppose it's not impossible, but but it is. I mean, you know, we have to move beyond oil and gas, and coal obviously is a thing. But a that kind of messes up the acronym, and b they don't have a lot of coal in Denmark or Costa Rica, the two countries that are sort of launching this. So, I th- I think know. it's just a a like aspiration a general like turn of phrase like be yeah. like we want to it's it's just they were trying to think of an acronym and that's what they got you know like i don't think that yeah. bp is like like behind yeah i just thought that was odd because that's what bp did the green wash what BP they were doing incredibly lazy in, in their response for that like right. beyond and, patrol yeah. okay sure yeah and they really <laughs> yeah. needed to do something to try and change the conversation yeah and and yeah and 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 quite simply uh you know the marketing people for BP had a similar thought process to the people who were trying to figure out how to brand this new initiative for nations to, you know, put an end to fossil fuel extraction. And, yeah. and as I said, the article I read, and I can't remember exactly where I read it now, it might have been the BBC, might have been – anyway. But they they pointed out like, you know, Denmark is already taking concrete steps to do this. Um, so – uh, you know, I think as an organization, uh, they still have to work some, th- you know, they, they should put out a clearer agenda and everything like that. But uh, from what I understand, the, the the two nations that initially took the lead on this have already actually taken concrete steps within their own, those two nations' ambits of authority to carry out this plan to say, we are not going to do any more extraction of oil or natural gas. So there that's the thing about that, yeah. Get- Biden got China to agree to not uh, to not finance it outside of China, right? He got a concession. That's a small from China. step, but it's an important one because yeah. China's been paying yeah. for a, China's been funding a lot of uh, oil and gas exploration in Africa for well, decades. They, yeah, so that's that's yeah, a that's a change. resources. Yeah, well, yeah. because like uh, you know the U.S. and the Soviet Union and whatnot sort of got to the trough first. So China's like, as we become an expanding world power and economy. You know, we need to find ways to operate outside of without the U.S. having a chokehold because, hey, China remembers what happened to Japan in World War Two and they don't want to do the same thing. Anyway, um, did you want to talk local for two seconds? I just wanted to do an update on. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've got a few minutes left in this half of the show. Minutes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So we announced uh, last week that, you know, the winners of the races in Northampton, and they were based on what had been publicly released. It turns out they weren't final. The um, at-large candidate, um, uh, Jamila Gore, won a seat outright at-large. But the other at-large seat was is still in contention. It's probably going to be certified uh, Friday the 12th. So when you hear this show... Um, the results will be in there, but there's still a tie between Marissa Elkins and um, Michael Quinlan, uh, the Ward One City Councilor. They're, uh, they're within tw- they're 20 votes, and there's a lot oh. of votes. There were there were still some absentee ballots and some contested votes to be looked at. So the city clerk uh, Pamela Powers is saying that they'll probably have the results tomorrow because today was a holiday. Uh, Who was we we're recording right. this we- Thursday? On 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 uh, uh, November veterans, 11th, Arm- veterans Armistice Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Veterans Day? It's Veterans Day. Yeah. Okay. Used to be right. Armistice Day. You're right. That's how and, I think of it. And, is Armistice Day? Yeah. <laughs> You're an old timer. <laughs> 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 you were saying. <laughs> God. 
My I God. remember 103 years ago, we were all happy and the Kaiser caught the train. And, uh, yeah, you know. So I think this is, uh, this it is a good example 11th. of, um, I probably how... shouldn't have sent the Archduke to Sarajevo. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a mistake. This is a good, this is a good example of why everybody should vote. Uh, why, 20 why votes. everybody That's should all vote. That separates them. 20 votes to decide yep. um, who's on the council. That's that's crazy. And uh, this is like anytime you think, oh, my vote doesn't count or something like that, especially, especially in local elections, state elections, especially votes like some some people can win with 20 votes or like five votes. There are some. One vote. To, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be 50 50 percent plus one in a lot of states. So um you know, vote yep. for the love of God. Anytime there's an opportunity to vote and you care about like the race, then vote. Yep. And as we've talked about before, we should definitely find ways to, you know, election day should be a holiday every year, yes. not just the, you know, the even numbered years. And there should be we should encourage like some kind of like civic participation day or whatever. Maybe even have like a like not just election day, but like a day or two before that. Like maybe the Monday before should be like election prep day and should have like like, okay, so you've been busy and you wanted to find out who the candidates are. Here's some info. Like all the candidates can make a presentation. You can look at this and you can find out more. And then you can sleep on it and figure out what how you're gonna vote tomorrow. You know, that kind of thing. Well really oh, it should be like there should be extended voting for like the at least two weeks leading up to there anyway that too i agree so but, like i think I, having i think having a, like election day being a holiday um or maybe like the monday and tuesday being a holiday like uh like that would be a good idea but yeah. um like having more than that seems a little overkill well I, by the I, way Early voting, but the Monday and Tuesday being like a, a two-for holiday so that people have like time to like do research and, you know, learn more about like the issues and whatnot. Like, oh, I've heard about this, but who is this guy? And have time to, to – to, to, to a little time to think and then, like I said, sleep on it I think might be good. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, Sue. We got we to gotta go to the break in a moment, but take us home. Oh, so two things. One, the presidential race runs for so long in this country for that very reason. So you really see people under stress. Yeah. So you can really see what, how they behave when they're tired. And um, and the other thing is Northampton, you know, there's redistricting that just got approved here in the state. And um, I imagine that we probably as a show will talk about that sometime in the future. For as sure. It, as it once, sorts out. Yep. Yeah. And Northampton, once there's something to talk about. Yeah. And Northampton's thinking about going to ranked choice voting. East Hampton already did. Yep. But, um, so maybe we can Thank get the God. city clerk back in to talk about some of those things, that, you know, in January when everybody's done with the holidays. So, that would be but good. yeah, very, very interesting times. But yeah, we, we, we don't know who our at-large city councilor is yet in Northampton. So hopefully we'll learn tomorrow. So, All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take some uh, take a moment here, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, uh, keep the FCC happy, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. 
Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still doing the show with my esteemed colleagues, Genre and Sue. Say hi, hi again. Oh, yeah. Hey there. <laughs> with more energy. <laughs> that was better. <laughs> we're <Sorry. really> sure. <laughs> da, Tovarish. We're doing so, civil politics. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. What are we? What are we talking about now? Uh, uh, Another catastrophe. Well, I was. Uh, I well, all right. Let's 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 focus on one of the other things we want to talk about for a bit. Um, uh, it's. I mean, I don't want to call it good news exactly, but like a a a positive development. Uh, is that a settlement has been announced in federal court for the uh, people, especially the kids in Flint, Michigan, because of the uh, contaminated drinking water there from about five, six years ago, uh, for $626 million. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Who's going to pay? Do we know? You and me. uh, I think ultimately (laughs) it's going to come from, well, ultimately I think it's going to come from the state of Michigan, yeah. Uh, but this, should, you know, it, it, it should, um, you know, thanks to, thanks to Republican mismanagement, uh, you know, and a desire to privatize everything, uh, you know, the, well, the, 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 the city the, of the Flint, board, right? They took away the, right, they, uh, they put it into receivership and yeah, like appointed a, a comptroller or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the or an emergency manager, I think it was called. Anyway, the, so the point is, they the the uh, official appointed by the Republican governor uh, unilaterally decided to to just take the city of Flint out of working with uh, out of drawing water from the uh, city of Detroit municipal water system and drawing water directly from the Flint River, uh, and then refusing to pay for uh, used to catch on fire. Yeah, well, yeah. As, as did many rivers in the U.S., but refusing to well, pay for a modest amount of 
uh, abatement to make certain that uh, uh, the more acidic water from the flint wouldn't uh, wind up leaching lead from the old pipes. That uh, poisonous when they first took the water because it was full of contaminants. Yes, Uh, there was an outbreak of Legionella that killed uh, several people. Uh, And uh, I don't know exactly what their rationale was for it, but I do know that prosecutors dropped charges in that case last year. So even though you have a direct link between people dying because of incompetence and malfeasance by government officials, uh, again, you know, carrying out that good old free market privatization ideology (laughs) of the right wing, uh, you know, I mean, there's a reason why we've put in place government agencies to try and oversee things like safety standards and public health and environmental regulations and whatever. And while they are flawed instruments, they are there to address a problem. Uh, and turning things to over to, to private industry is basically turning it over to the thing that creates the problem. So what a well, shock. I'd, I'd People say died. It, I'd I'd say it a little differently that when there's self-dealing and um, men are making a lot of money, it's never good. It doesn't matter whether it's a private industry or not. It's when there's self-dealing oh, and no wasn't checks one of and the, balances. Uh, one of, self-dealing one of the, is absolutely a, a corrupt nonsense, and it doesn't matter what political party you're in. It should be it should be thrown out. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the leaders doing. that that are getting that 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 made this decision a woman. Like, I. Don't no, think there was so, somebody but... in the EPA that was female, and she was in the feds. She didn't. She didn't take action. But yeah, the guys, the guys that farmed this out to their buddies to run the water system in Flint, that you know, yeah, they should all go to jail because I think yeah, I think there were officials. I think there were federal officials in the Environmental Protection Agency who dropped the ball in preventing it. Uh, but the impetus to, to to do it in the first place came from state of, uh, Republican officials in yeah. the state. Yeah, yeah. And this, yeah. I, so there was a there and was a, know, Go ahead. So here's a quick question for you guys. So a lot of government officials are limited liability. It's like a hundred thousand dollars worth of liability because they're a municipality. Do you think we should make them drop that immunity for government officials? I think the immunity – well, all right. I, I, I could be wrong because that's a good question and I could be wrong, but I believe that kind of immunity is is akin to the immunity that comes with corporations, sort of that, that, that corporate veil that limits – you know, like no. – like, like you know, if my cor- if my well, I know, but it's like you know, my comic book store. Somebody went in there and you know had a bizarre accident, slipped and fell and hurt themselves, and you know whatnot, and they sued me. It's like, look, you know, like people fall and it sucks, but I mean, you know, it's not my fault, and whatever. And uh, even if even if they wind up uh, uh, getting money from the company, uh, like. The comp, like all they can do is get money from the company, so long as I've, you know, haven't been personally negligent or personally, you know, uh, well, environmental uh, screwing does it pierce up. the corporate veil. Yeah, right. Does so, the corporate so veil. But I would say it's more like the well for corporate. Well, for 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 public officials, again, 
I think if the public official is acting in good faith within the scope of their duties and carrying them out in, you know, a a reasonable manner, then yeah, I don't like, you know, if, if a public official, you know, is like, well, best of our, you know, to the best of our knowledge, this is going to be fine. Oh, it wasn't. And, you know, there were nasty consequences and people died. Uh, you know, if they weren't negligent or corrupt, then, you know, it, it sucks, but it's a tragic mistake and they, those happen and and people don't deserve to go to jail for tragic mistakes. But, um, uh, you know, when there was like, yeah, OK, so sure, we could have bothered to check and see whether or not it was safe to get water out of the Flint River. But, you know, could have hired somebody competent. Right. It's like, meh, you know. Yeah, I I, I think definitely. There is a I I would make there I would contend there's a strong argument for there being uh, grounds to uh, 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 you know hold these people these officials personally responsible for their acts in office. But um, you know maybe uh, the law doesn't allow that. I don't know. Uh, Corey and Miller, year of probation, three hundred hours of community service, and a fine of twelve hundred dollars uh, for. Um, and she was uh, director of the. How like um let's see the sorry um she was a Michigan uh official uh in the department Michigan's director of disease control. No, she pleaded no disease. contest last, uh, in uh the summer of twenty seventeen uh to willful neglect of duty a misdemeanor and wasn't expected to get a jail sentence. Um. So, yeah, she got 300 hours uh, community service, a fine, and she is now retired. Yeah. Year probation. And she was so. in the health department. Yep. What? She wouldn't be in the line of command over the water department. Well, she That's was weird. director of disease controls. And so uh, when the Legionnaire's like the disease person. happened, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there and, were other officials that got in trouble as well. I just know that she got... Um, that pretty, she was prosecuted, but and, um, and pretty much all of these measures are going to be like, oh yes, well we want to do this, but like you know, a, a public health official could stand up and say, wait a minute, this is going to have these problems, and you know, I like I know you outrank me, but I have to sign off on this, and I can't because of this concern, and you know, that's the kind of thing that can hold up a railroad. That's one of the reasons, you know, that's one of the reasons why public bureaucracy makes things take a long time is because you have to get sign off from all these different departments over trying to consider all these public interests. You know, it's it's a bug yeah. and a feature. And in this case, it's just a bug because she didn't actually, you know, do the yeah, job. Uh, she wouldn't Yeah, she wouldn't people, have had authority. Got in trouble here. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking more like the the water department and the mayor and the the receiver guy. But well, the water yeah, department odd. and the mayor aren't are I don't think, you know, without blame, but they they're you know, in the direct it, line. Right. But I mean, the, the point is, like, if the mayor didn't want to do this and was overruled by the official appointed by the governor, the uh, the 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 emergency manager. So, you know, uh, it's hard to it's hard, you know, like as the, the, the phrase from Spider-Man is with great power comes great responsibility and with no power comes no responsibility. <laughs> you know, if like there wasn't anything he could do to stop it. then it's not really his fault. But. You know, I don't think it's as simple as there was nothing he could do, but there wasn't much he could yeah. do. But, you know, there's licensed engineers and water departments that oversee Absolutely. testing and all that stuff. Yeah. So they there's people that are more direct line of con control. 
is basically the argument I'm making. So absolutely. Anyway, just curious if you guys thought that municipal officials should have, you know, just like Facebook and section two thirty, you know, qualified immunity, like policemen. Well, I think, I think, go ahead, Jarmas. Sorry. Um, it's that's the, um, if they, that like having qualified immunity, uh, the it the the thing is that um it should be there there should like something like that should be very very limited in scope but um mm-hmm. when you are trying to run like a uh, a country a city uh like a state um there there are decisions that are going to be made that not everybody is going to like um if something is illegal that they're doing there should there are like avenues to remove the person from office and charge them and everything like that but in some in some cases qualified immunity is isn't not isn't a terrible thing um because you need to have you need to have some sort of freedom like to like freedom to act to act yeah that's that's the thing like when we talk about qualified immunity with police officers um it's a little bit different uh, in my opinion, the way that doctrine was was created essentially by uh, Supreme Court ruling and has been expanded repeatedly, like you know the idea of like you know a police officer who shoots someone in the line of duty, but you know like you review it and it's like oh my god you know the guy was you know Hans Gruber and he was holding a hostage <laughs> at the top of the Nakatomi Plaza and of course John McClane should shoot him like you know whatever yeah yeah Merry Christmas everybody. I mean, oh you know, God. but I mean, like, like that is absolutely is right. That is absolutely <laughs> a fictional, but entirely justified example of, of fatal police violence. And, you know, without some, some principle of immunity, quite reasonably, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Gruber's family and survivors could say, well, did you kill my brother, cousin or whatever you did? Well, you owe money because you killed him. And it's like, no, like there is a color of law here. I was, in fact, doing a lawful duty, you know, taking a lawful action as an officer of the peace and, you know, a, you know, peace officer, or whatever. So that's yeah. fine. But, you know, it, the 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 way in which it's become expanded to the point where uh, police officers, you know, provoke confrontations and, uh, uh, you know, kill people who are unarmed and not engaged in violent or dangerous behavior and are like, well, it's qualified immunity, so that's fine. Yeah, obviously there is a potentially huge problem. You know, I, I, I think any, any, I think any reasonable person who accepts the idea that we have a police department or public officials can accept the idea that there has to be some level of limited uh, immunity or or liability waiver or executive privilege, however you want to put it, there got to be things that are just okay because you're in office and you're doing your job. But you know when it's harmful or dangerous, or certainly when it's you know uh, you know criminal or or you know done for personal ends, then it should just not be accepted, and absolutely should should waive any of those immunities. This is, by the way, did you guys see? I'm, I'm reminded uh, there was a uh, there's a scandal. I, I did. There's this, yeah, but there's a scandal that's blown up in the UK the, uh, last week 
I can't remember the name of the member of parliament, but he was found to have been doing lobbying for various corporations. Like he's he's a sitting member of parliament and he was absolutely just collecting money from them to act as a lobbyist. And he's and, admitted it. And using his office. Yeah, he's using yeah, yeah, his yeah. office to hold using meetings. Using his and, official letterhead and saying, you know, this yep. is, this is you know, they, MP so-and-so, check it up. They were already to right. sanction him and my party, <laughs> the Conservative well, Party in yeah. the UK, decided that they were going to review the review the rules. They were just about to sanction him. And they said, oh, you know, we really need to refurbish these rules from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so he was going to walk. And then right. there was a huge out, outcry. Right. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we'll just go ahead and sanction them and then we'll review the rules. I and, thought, oh my God. And the, the, the <laughs> sanctions that they were, they thought were too stringent were a 30 day suspension from his office. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's yeah. amazing. And yeah. Oh, and by the way, the 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 procedure, the review by members of par- you know, the, there was a a, a a a review by by MPs and a and a, and a and a committee to consider the matter and whatnot. Um, those procedures were put in place by the conservatives in the '90s under John Major. So that's you know. That, even, even he spoke out and said, come on, guys, just sanction him. Right. Exactly. You know, but like, well, this is, you know, this is this is just how 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 it's going. And yeah, I don't know. Um, clearly, <laughs> clearly, uh, we need to do more to uh, hold people to account for for bad behavior in public and and in office. Uh uh, uh, did we mention this did you we, wanted- before we were chatting that we talked about how I'm disappointed with Merrick Garland for not pursuing he, charges of election he, tampering against Trump? This was before Trump? we started recording. Yeah, we were talking right. about the um, yeah. the guy the that pause. got 41 months. Um, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, uh, he. We haven't had a lot of convictions. Insurrectionists, that, right? Yeah, one of the insurrectionists. Um, there are still cases pending, and um. Yeah, I I think you were saying that uh like his temperament was good for a being a judge, but you would like him to have a uh, more uh, fervor as a prosecutor. Um, um, I I think I think it's not crazy for a I I don't think it's crazy to expect an attorney general to vigorous to zealously pursue uh justice and uh to prosecute. Uh, public officials or former public officials for gross, you know, malfeasance in office, and uh, former President Trump's attempts to rig the election in Georgia, which you know, like, there's a phone call that, that you know we have a recording of, for God's sakes, you know that that, like, I, I understand. They have convened it, two grand juries. Sure, like like the state of Georgia is looking into it. And I believe there's a grand jury in the in the Southern District of New York looking into other matters, but uh, I don't know that there's any kind of federal probe right now into election tampering in Georgia, and there absolutely should be. Like it you is also a crime up to the. Well, he's not doing it as far as I can tell. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Job. Maybe up- I'm not paying enough attention. Well. <sighs> 
like I think he's perfectly capable of of competently handling the actual process of gathering evidence and drawing up a you know checking legal precedents and then drawing up a case and presenting it. You know, like he's done that before. But the the will, the decision to uh, pursue the matter would involve, uh, you know, something that could appear partisan, like, oh, you're going after somebody from the other party who's out of office now. And it's like, yeah, you know, the 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 tit so, somebody's got to do it. Right. The tit for tat <laughs> retributive uh, prosecutions. Yeah, I can understand how that's a nasty can of worms, but. This is this is when you do it. This is the sort of thing that requires us to take affirmative steps. And this isn't acceptable. And it, it would be certainly convenient if there was a Democrat who'd done similar things that they could go after as well. But regardless, like, you know, this this is just unacceptable. And and it's a shame that there aren't more Republicans coming forward and saying, yeah, no, this is bad. This is this is you know there's there's Democrats do, playing doing partisan partisan shenanigans, but this ain't it. And so I, I wish that was happening. I wish the Biden administration as a whole was doing more to pursue that. And especially Merrick Garland does not appear to be uh, rising to meet this particular moment as Attorney General. And it's a real, I I, I think it's a tremendous concern because you know if we don't throw the book at people trying to tamper with elections from last year they're going to try again and they've got more experience and they've they've learned you know who are the people who might stand in their way and they're trying to get rid of them so you know the last thing we want to do is let these people is, is let trump and his cronies try again right yeah well i think i think merrick, merrick garland I, I i don't disagree with you but i do think that he he may not be a great administrator and he may be a great administrator, but he also doesn't know that it's a political office and you need to some degree keep the public informed and bring them along with you. And he doesn't do that. So, you know, somebody like, you know, my favorite guy is Chris Christie. He'd be telling you when he announced, you know, he'd be, he'd be kind of running it for office. Sure. You know, you got to you got to make you got to make people know why you're doing what you're doing and, you know, expect the big announcement and have a press conference. And I mean, he's he's not a political figure. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you know, people who are in politics know how to run things for office to to remind the, the public why they're doing it or let them know that it's going to be bad, but that we're going to, you know, release oil from the oil reserves or whatever it is, or they're going to beat up on the oil companies and get them to, you know, stop monkeying with the prices. Yeah. Merrick Garland doesn't seem to have that aspect of his personality. And, you know, Bill Barr was always doing stuff like that. Right. He was constantly. And I, 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 I respect, you know, a, an attorney general who wants to remain circumspect, uh, and not, try and generate st- stupid but headlines. It's a very powerful job. You need somebody who's sophisticated at that stuff. I well, think. I, and I, th- I think there's a point at which to say we are, in, if he said we are investigating, we are considering whether or not to file charges, like that alone would, would be enough to, to satisfy me for now, because it's like, yeah. I understand it can take a while to really line ones to, to 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 get all the ducks in a row before trying to pursue the uh, a, a highly charged trial like this you know like 
we're only going to get one shot at this. Let's make sure we don't screw it up. That makes sense. I would get that. I I don't even He's know if they're trying. Along. Right. I, well, and yeah. I don't know if like like either they're doing it and they aren't telling us, which would be better than them not doing it, or they just aren't doing it. And I can't tell the difference. So busy with Texas and the abortion, you know, the abortion law in Texas. And oh, the Justice Department's big. They've got to be able to take on a bunch of problems at once because well, we have a bunch of problems at once for them to tackle. I'm sorry, John, were you trying it, to say something, by the way? I didn't want to. Well, um, <clears throat> we we only have a few minutes left. And there was something important I wanted to bring up, like uh, uh, like at the end of the episode, if, the, if it's okay, okay for me to go into that. Sure, um, sure. But well, just could Sue, I do one last, last word from America. Sue, and then John, where you have an announcement you want to make? So yeah, we only have a few it, minutes left, Sue. So just a half a sentence. It's possible that Merrick Garland has inherited a just, justice department that's in disarray. And oh, that, I think that he definitely may be has. Why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, that may be why sense. he's yeah. under he's underperforming. And that's, you know, my party's fault, what they did to the Justice Department. So that's yeah, it. A, a bunch of line prosecutors or career workers did resign under under William Barr because, you know, they were like, we can't sign off on these documents, you know, for whatever reason. So, yeah, may, maybe he's maybe he's just taken. I had to take time to staff up again. Anyway, I don't know. So, uh, John, take a uh, uh, you have an announcement you want to make. Yeah. And then uh, then wrap up the show, my friend, because um, we are almost done. As uh, some of you, as long-time listeners might know, I am I am disabled in in some ways. I am uh, I have chronic uh, chronic pain condition. Um, chronic pain means that uh, whoever has it for a very like a myriad of reasons, they are they have a constant signal of pain uh, in their body. So, um, and it's tough. And uh, I I am starting a new project um, called Living on the Pain Scale. And it is going to be detailing different parts or different uh, experiences that people with chronic pain have to deal with. And hopefully it'll be educational um, for those that don't have chronic pain because it is a concept that can be very foreign to a lot of people. And hopefully it will uh, help the the people that do deal with chronic pain uh, feel like they're not as alone because that that can happen just like with any other disability um so right now we are in development of of the show and a big part of it is going to be uh people with chronic pain telling their story uh telling uh hopefully writing stories anecdotes essays about different the different parts of having uh, a chronic pain condition and if you have chronic pain i i just wanted to ask anybody that that might be listening that has chronic pain if you can go to painscalepod.com uh there that is the initial website for the show and there is more information about that there but if you'd like to contribute to this project and hopefully it's going to be very very special um I know I've been working really, really hard on it for the past few months, and hopefully we are going to have enough material and get everything done to premiere next next spring, maybe. Uh, so if you do have a pain, uh, a chronic pain condition and you would be comfortable talking about it uh, or writing something about it, not an interview, just writing something about it, then go to painscalepod.com, just like it sounds, painscale pod.com and 
uh, there be more information there. Wow. That's well, going to be something. Yeah, you said the spring, you're going to launch in the spring. I, nice. We need to have um, essays, anecdotes, stories, written stories that uh, can be read on the, on the podcast. Um, it's going to, they're going to be read by hopefully some people that I know voice actors or something like that. There are other parts of the show that I don't really have to go into right now, but the most important thing is I want to hear from people with chronic pain that uh, for any sort of chronic pain, uh, because it's important for us to let everybody know, like, what it's like, what it's about, how it is, uh, how we live our lives. Because like I said, having a chronic pain condition is an invisible disability and it can be tough for people that don't have it to understand what it's like to live life in near constant pain. Um, so I'm hoping that if anybody has a condition like that and it can be anonymous, you can't, we can say your name or links to social media or anything like that, whatever you'd like. But um, if you have any questions uh, or anything like that, you can go to painscalepod.com or you can email contact at painscalepod.com. Great. Uh, we'll have to revisit this on uh, future episodes of the show. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get well, some response. <laughs> good for you, man. Uh, I bet you will. Uh, there's yeah. tons and tons of people out there that are really suffering. Yeah. And, well, if anybody uh, people have no have idea. It and they know someone that has it. Please let them know. Pass it yeah. around. Everybody, let everybody know. <laughs> I, I really think you're going to strike a nerve with this one. Yep. Here's hoping. Oh, uh, Mike. <laughs> all right. I apologize. Uh, Okay. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. And that's going to do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. We've got Subculture coming up next, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, The podcast version of this show will go out in the wee hours of Monday morning, and we have a repeat broadcast Monday afternoons at 4 p.m., so listen to us all over again. But that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Jesus Christ, Mike. <laughs> I didn't, it sunk in and then I'm like, oh, did he just make that pun? Oh, my God. Maybe. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>